Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dying Time is here. That's right, we're talking about Animal Attack April and Nightwing 1979 on Kill by Kill. component of any horror film the characters and of course this is animal attacks april so uh this is our chance to uh talk and make jokes about people who die via vampire bat in the hopes that uh, the the we can make jokes at their expense you know how it goes anyways there's only one person i trust that if um i try to get inside that van she will make sure i die underneath it the one the only gina radcliffe how are you doing today gina I, I'm good. I, I have my wig that's held on with a hat. Uh, th- th- I'm just, uh, I, I'm ready to play an extremely convincing indigenous person. <laughs> well, you're tan enough. You're vaguely Italian, I suppose. <laughs> that's all it takes in Nightwing 1979. Yeah, I don't even know what, what Stephen, Stephen Mocked is trying to do, except he's wearing a lot of turquoise jewelry. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, uh, indigenous by bolo tie. There's uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to just say this right up front. Like this movie is kind of a uh, an an open insult <laughs> to the indigenous people of North America, um, but it's also Jaws. So we all square everyone. Um, <laughs> just- I think we got it. <laughs> Uh, but I don't want to scare you, Gina. The thing is, we are not alone. That's right. We have a special guest. You might know her as a writer or a film producer. And, of course, her work is the director of the incredible Salem Horror Fest. The one, the only, Kay Lynch. How are you doing today, Kay? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so happy you are here. have been wanting to have you on for a while. And, of course, I saved the best for you. 1979's... <laughs> Nightwing? <laughs> you know what? I like this movie a lot. I don't know why. Everyone has terrible reviews. Obviously, it was reviewed poorly at the time, but I'm I'm ready to make a defense of this film. I, I will say this. There, there, there is 90 minutes of this movie that are kind of so-so, and then one scene that is so fucking amazing that it everything else is held up by it we've talked about movies that are u-shaped that start strong and strong sag in the middle here the u is inverted where it doesn't so much start great or end great but there's one scene in the middle that holy cow if the rest of the film was pitched at that level this would be a fucking classic uh, are, you talking about, are you talking about the, uh, the, the, the shaman who's basically like, I have to kill you all. <laughs> um, no, that's on the way up. I would say the death of the Christian missionary. Oh, well, where, yes. Okay. 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 That is, that is where this, like, I think I saw that clip. I, I think when Scream Factory put this out as a twofer uh, with another movie, um, I saw that they posted that clip and I said, well, whatever that is, I gotta get it right. That's an instant buy. And I got it and I kept waiting for the movie to reach that level. And then it did. 
And then I kept waiting for the movie to reach that level again. And it doesn't quite ever do it, but holy shit, what a, what a great, and I'll put that in deck fingers scene. And <laughs> the rest of it is very, very weird. Now, Kay, you like this movie. I assume this was the first time you had ever seen it. It is. It was. Okay. And um, Gina, had you ever seen this movie before? You know, I I feel like I have, but I think I'm confusing it with seeing parts of it in uh, Terror in the Isles. Sure. And, yes. And again, it was that scene, the the mm-hmm. uh, you know the bat the bats around the campfire scene. <laughs> but I I didn't remember that it got so weird that like you know church you know Christian church missionaries were basically like fuck them bats, fuck them wives. <laughs> 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 It's got big fuck them wives energy. <laughs> yeah, good Christian fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am you know beating feet so fast out of here. I've literally run over and shattered my wife's spine. Oh my god, <laughs> it's an all timer. Honestly, this scene is unbelievable. <laughs> like, now we're, like, we, you, we all have partners here, so mm-hmm. imagine you're trying to escape and, like, your partner is stuck outside the car and they're beating on the window begging you to let them in and someone says, let them in. You're like, I can't. They'll bite me. <laughs> That's so horrifying. Oh, God. He's I such can't. a dick. They'll he's such an me. asshole. <laughs> and then you, you're so into making sure that your the the person that you love and have entered into holy union with is kept outside you don't even notice that there's a bat down your pants oh my god that that scared me (laughs) that that was like it's a little puppet yeah (laughs) it's so cute i don't don't know how he didn't know that (laughs) did this single-handedly stop the the, the trend of, of opening your shirt down to your belly button for fear that bats might hide inside your loose polyester. I, I want to believe that. Is, yeah. is that a bat in your shirt? <laughs> wow, that person has some sexy chest hair. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a vampire bat. They're just, just hanging off of that Coke spoon medallion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sleeping, mating, feeding, fucking, you know, all the things that b- vampire bats do. Oh all my day god, day. Can, I, this movie owes an apology to the vampire bat community. Because <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got like David Warner with the, the exact same hair he had in the omen, which cracked me yeah. up. Like like that <laughs> that like mod page boy haircut. Yes. And he's just like, they're pure evil. I know. <laughs> he's got like, so many good monologues. I'm like, I want to perform these. Like these are it's like a great Van Helsing like role. It, it is. Yeah, it's and very it's like Van Helsing. He, if he if he had if, if his next monologue had been how they the like, vampire bats killed his wife and children, <laughs> I, I, I would not have been surprised because he's like, they don't know anything but murder. <laughs> yeah, they and, and I'm like vampire bats are herbivores. <laughs> they absolutely are harmless to to to. They they may occasionally attack. When I say attack, I mean nip at. They're very yeah. small. Yeah. Um. But they're harmless to humans. Yeah, and and whoever wrote this movie just heard the word vampire and like, well, that's it. That's what this movie's <laughs> about. They're, they're vampire bats. You're more in danger of getting rabies from them than than like them tearing chunks of your chunks of your flesh out. Mm-hmm. I mean, in our in our last episode, we talked about the worst things that were suggested by Jaws by Peter Benchley. 
And now <laughs> add this to the list. It's so weird. Every time we do Animal Attacks April, that they all thematically link together in some weird way. And now we have this sort of aftermath of Jaws, all the bad decisions people made after Jaws. The mm. craziest thing for me, uh, no, well, maybe not the craziest, but the craziest thing up front, that this is based on a novel. I want to read a it. Real novel, I do. You a know, collection I want to read, you know, read it too. I want to read it too. <laughs> I don't know what, the, I, apparently there are some pretty significant differences. I don't know what they are, but no, I would like to see a little bit more here. Yeah. Considering that the author then went on to write like Gorky Park and a bunch of, you know, Russian spy novels, horror was not something he wished to dabble in for an extended period of time. And maybe that's all for the best. But he also had a hand in the screenplay here. And there's a lot of weird nothing burgers happening as well as uh, another group that needs to be apologized to, which is the every indigenous tribe in the Southwest, just across the board. Uh, we apologize on behalf of Martin <laughs> Cruz Smith and Arthur Heller, a, another person who had a very eclectic filmography. Uh, it all kind of coalesces here with Nightwing and, oh boy. <laughs> well, the primary problem with this script is they got about an hour into it before they realized, oh, hey, we need a villain. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Stephen Mocked is kind of set up initially to be the villain, but mm -hmm. he's, he's pretty reasonable as far as He's as pretty reasonable go. up until the point he tries to arrest a sheriff for saying, we should do something about the plague. And then he's yes. like, we got to get this guy in jail. <laughs> and, then he and then he disappears. Like you never see him again. <laughs> well, he can't be part of the action. It's not like you can't have the bats go out and kill him and then go back to the hive. So they're all in one location. So it kind of, we have this sequence that lasts for about 15 minutes in which various parties drink and monologue <laughs> about stuff <laughs> and it's just all strung together and then uh then finally they're like i don't know we should probably do something about these bats and they figure it out i kind of like the angle of like a reasonable villain because i thought mm -hmm. it was kind of interesting that i really like the line where he said um i don't take offense because i understand you because uh, Duran is pretty is a pretty big dickhead. I mean, he, he is. might be. He yeah. totally he's is. A, and, he's a real dick. And, and Steve Mox is like, I don't. He just like takes it on the chin, and he's like, I get where he's coming from. Obviously, they're both in, you know playing indigenous people and from different tribes, and they have different um, ideas of the future of the reservation. But um, but I kind of like the idea that he was kind of tr like trying to get on the same page as Duran. And then as the movie goes on, it's just like straight up greedy villain, but then yeah. disappears. Like we never really end. There's no resolution to his story at all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got this, uh, this doctor character, Catherine Harold, who's basically telling Duran, well, we need this and we need that. And we need this. When Duran knows perfectly well that the only thing that's going to be able to pay for all that is to let people drill for oil in the land. And he's just like, no, I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Let Walker Chi actually has yeah. a good point. He, yeah. Like, it, you can, I mean, you know, there's obviously 
some considerations <laughs> for deferred mining. And I'm personally against, <laughs> you know, any right. sort of like destroying the land for monetary gain. But it sets it up in this movie where she's like, her patients are dying and because she, she's not able to use all of like the modern technology for healthcare and there are other issues that they're dealing with and it's like well this community does need money to come from somewhere yeah and so you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched nightwing which would probably be the vast majority of everyone everywhere mm -hmm. but this deposit of oil shale is in the sort of uh holy holiest of spots on the Maskai tribe's land and at the end you know, the, the guy who's like, like, this cannot be exploited. We can't have miners. This would be an ecological disaster. It goes against everything I believe in. Lights the whole thing on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it lights the whole and thing on like, fire and it's filled with ammonia. They, filled they, with ammonia. <laughs> they keep mentioning ammonia fumes. It's like, great, good job napalming your people. And he's like, this, someone says, that fire will never go out. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Am I supposed to be happy about the continuous fire from a fucking cave for eternity? Like, yay, he Well, did you know it, what? Everyone. Uncle Abner's basically an eco-terrorist. He, yeah. like, I think at the end, Duran was just like, you know what? Fuck you, Uncle. <laughs> not, none of this is worth preserving. And he just lights it up because... You know, he, he he gets pretty antagonistic with them. They kind of fight. And, and he's yeah. just like, I have to end the world <laughs> on behalf of our people. This, this is one of the few movies where where the heroes have to continuously get higher and higher on edibles. <laughs> I like that. Throughout the third act in order to fight the villain, which is vampire bats who don't even know they're there. So... <laughs> Hey, some, whatever it takes to get through the day, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would oh say that God. you know, in these troubled times, we are not all high enough. I yeah, oh, very true. for sure. But we're also not responsible for killing a an entire you know colony of murderous vampire bats. Hey, you know what? The year's not over yet, Patrick. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> We haven't we haven't reached hot bat summer, so uh, we got that coming our way. Uh, speaking of bats, they're referred to here as like having piranha-like teeth. So they're like piranha that can fly, but not piranha 2 that can fly, just mm -hmm. piranha-like. I guess like piranha jaw-like teeth, you know, because I, I, yeah. I that these little chattering, <laughs> cute little my, my, um, flying mice. Yeah. Have, have I they, you ever encountered like an actual bat? Yeah, they're not very, like they're they're very small. Like that that's the, that's mm -hmm. the that's the surprising thing. Like 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 their their wingspan makes them look much bigger, but they really are just like winged mice. I actually had sure. one in my house when I was a teenager, and that was a little terrifying. It came in through my fireplace. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to call someone over to get it out with a tennis racket. He accidentally killed it, and I felt really bad later. Oh, yeah. Mostly because it was just, I was like, oh, that little thing, what was I scared of? Right. But you, but you try to get them outside, and they just have no idea where outside is. Well, yeah, because they, 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 don't, they don't see well. So, you right. know, you're, you're and trying they're panicking. To, right. And, and they're, you're trying to direct them through a door, and like, I, what's a door? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you a bat through the history of architecture, and we're gonna work on 
how the hierarchy of needs is met by this <laughs> domicile. And it's like, fuck this. I want a mosquito. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this movie, um, the, our, our hero and giant quotation marks is Duran. Not Duran Duran. They're hungry like the wolf. Young man Duran. Young man Duran. Young man Duran. He's hot. I think he's wicked sexy. Well, listen, nothing against the guy. Like he is very good looking in this motion picture. Um, I think he's dramatically inert and obviously playing playing a role that he should, has no fucking business playing but you know that's yeah sure. but you know, that was yeah. still that was still the time though i mean yes. you know they would they would like it, it, the, i was gonna say that this would be this would be a good uh companion to one of our movies from animal tax april last year um prophecy Oh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. which played also was roughly about at least roughly about the same time mm-hmm. played into the you know environmental angle had some really sketchy you know, you know, quote unquote you know, Native American folklore attack that you know a white person clearly made up attached to it mm-hmm. uh, and you know a a, a you know, non indigenous actor playing an indigenous character but you know kind of you know throwing throwing people a bone by casting an old you know an, an old indigenous person to play like you know the wise shaman of right. the village which is the same thing here except here he's kind of he's kind of evil which is <laughs> like oh, okay that's 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 not good I mean, he's going for like, listen, things are going badly. The only way out of this is just wipe humanity out. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, yeah, we I, had a good run. Yeah. Honestly, more power to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that he, like his whole thing, he's just like, oh, I've decided to end the world. This all has to go. He says, what do you say? The damn Bahanas, the federal court, the Indian Bureau, the mining companies, and all of them. Anglo City putting out their poison. He's like, fuck them all. <laughs> he drops the mic. He's like, I'm going to kill myself. Take everyone with me. Good night. Release the bats. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, I kind of dig that. <laughs> and But the movie tries to play it both ways by basically saying, okay, this person set this into motion. And the entire point of it is to have a complete apocalyptic disaster and also it's just a colony of vampire bats that came up from mexico and lighted in arizona so as far as apocalypses go it's its scale is very small it's like pretty much a bubonic plague distribution system is what it comes down to yeah but uh, all right. What are you going to do? Anyways, Duran shows up to a ranch where a bunch of horses have been attacked and we don't know by what yet. But of course we saw the poster when we bought the ticket. So we know it's bad. <laughs> Anyways, he, he walks in there and he, he goes and he stands in front of these dead horses and says, I can't do anything about that. And folks, when I say get used to that attitude, then that's what you got. Our hero can't do anything about this and kind of stands around going, I wish somebody else would do it. And no one does. Well, but- no, then, then um, someone comes out in a helicopter and he's like immediately mad. He's like, why did you invite them? Why dress them for help? But it's like, you literally just said that you couldn't do anything. But he really wouldn't like anyone else to do anything about it. So nope. I guess 
Walker Chi played by, in our second movie of the month with Stephen Mockton at this time, not appropriating the weirdest main accent of all time. He's kind of our Mayor Vaughn of this, uh, if you were to put it in Jaws terms, but not quite. But he brought an animal doctor who looks at these horses and pretty much says, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> so that's two people. Great. Uh, Duran then sets off to uh, see the man who raised him, Abner, uh, who has decided it's time to end the world. Right around here, we get a one-two punch of Crystal Gale and Kenny Rogers, two of AM Country's finest, everybody. Uh, what a movie soundtrack. Two oh. 70s AM classics. Oh, it's great. And immediately, it's like, oh, this is a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually has a budget. <laughs> but those are the last two music cues we get. I know. It's so weird. Oh, and then there's, um, there's Henry Mancini's score. Oh, yes. Uh, and, of course, longtime listeners of the show know that Henry Mancini is a bit of a sore spot for me because he, of course, created the Pink Panther theme, the song that made me scared as a child to go to sleep. Henry Mancini um, traumatized you. Yes, uh. very much so. <laughs> All right. He he creates a soundtrack here that is ill-fitting and slightly jazzy, so you know it's Henry Mancini. Um, <laughs> also in the movie, we have the uh, luminous Catherine Harold uh, playing Anne. Uh, she's delivering babies. She's writing letters. She's sexing up Duran in the hot springs and heading to Houston for more medical training. And, and that's what her character is. Oh, I, she's just, I think she's the most competent one because she's like, she's got to like survive out in the desert. She's smarter than everyone she's traveling with. She's the only one who survives the debacle of yeah. the Christian missionaries. And, um, you know, I, there's not enough. Like she, she's, there's like so much setup that doesn't get resol resolved, which is a bummer. Right. Cause I really, I really do like where a lot of this is going. And it just kind of, it doesn't they don't tie it together when it's all there like they could have just made it like the the miners you know digging release the bats yeah. there we go <laughs> that's the reason you didn't need any only this like bullshit mysticism yes i i think the bullshit either you go all the way with the bullshit mysticism or you go all the way with the other dabbling in, in man dabbling in nature where he shouldn't Either of those are perfectly fine directions, but you can't have them both. And this movie desperately wants to have them both. Yeah, there are a lot of characters who who surprisingly make it to the end of the movie. Yeah, and, and when you you when you meet them, you 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 expect them to be designated as dead meat, like like uh, like Stephen Mock's character, uh, David Warner's character. It's like, oh, okay, they're gonna die at some point, and then yeah. they don't, which is really no. surprising. They live on. Uh, storied character actor Strother Martin uh, wanders, waddles into this movie, I might say, and <laughs> delivers five minutes of anti-indigenous racism for reasons. <laughs> and wanting to know, wanting to know why uh, uh, um, Youngman Duran doesn't marry his daughter. Right. And she seems lovely, but, you know, come on. Uh, I'm not really sure what the point of this scene is other than someone off screen was just putting the stretch symbol in front of the camera. Like, go, Struther, just keep going. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> okay. 
I mean, he he owns that scene. He's like he's like a chew in that entire convenience store. Um, <laughs> but is. but yeah, it is kind of like all right, we got a lot of, and he's a legendary actor. I mean, he's done a lot of westerns. He's oh, done, yes. you know, he's done yes. worked forever and really really high profile films like Cool Hand Luke and The Wild Bunch. Um, so they're probably like. All right, do your thing, man. <laughs> You're a legend. We got him for a day. Let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. This really feels like like he, he accepted amount of money because I I'm here for three days, one of which you can film. And they just took him for all he was worth. I, I was a little worried about his perception because you know, Duran comes in, asks for a bunch of, you know, burial accoutrements. And but Selwyn, which is Strother Martin's character, is like, Duran, what's bothering you? I don't know. The death of the guy who raised him. Uh, I put that at top of the list. He's still more still more worried about marrying off one of his daughters. So good news. Sweeping into this film with an invisible theater cape is David Warner, who's just Oh my god. Always a really, always a welcome presence. Yes. Just uh, if there's so much flair in what he's doing, he's playing Philip Payne. He's he's our Quint, but he's also our Hooper. He's, yeah, he's a lot. He's a queen. He's like, <laughs> he's like such a <laughs> drama queen. Like he's just, <laughs> he's so over the top about every 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 scene. He's just a monologue about how yeah, like you said, the vampires killed his family. That, that yeah. he's you know he's done battle with these you know he does these like you know Vietnam vet monologues about you know <laughs> doing you know doing encountering these kind of creatures before just that you know thousand yard stare when he's talking about you know tiny you know wigged mice. Yeah, but he's also like really put out that he won't like you won't let him poke through your you know father figure and like take samples just, <laughs> just like just cut off pieces of his skin take it with him. I really need that skin. You're going to be sorry that I can't take that skin with me. This is the other thing about Duran is he's kind of a big dummy because he notices that there's the smell of ammonia on all these animals and, and Abner, but he won't let someone who can do something about it do anything about it. So I don't know, man. I, I do like the I do like the suggestion that not only are the bats like eating and killing people, they're also just pissing all over them. It's an ammonia. Just just like just like you know, a little final touch. This is the one thing that more vampire movies need is that you have this incredibly sexy vampire who, you know, you know, takes your neck and exposes the line and then sinks his fangs into your flesh letting blood flow and then pee just pee right down those black yeah. velvet pants smelly smelly pee <laughs> exactly do you remember um the night flyer the the, the stephen king short oh, story yeah, yeah, yeah. where mm-hmm. like the, the like the guy saw the vampire come into the bathroom and he was invisible except when he peed he like peed like red yeah Oh my god, what? <laughs> and I was like I was like, would a vampire need to pee? I mean, technically they're dead. Well, it's gotta go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, they're processing blood for for a biological reason. So yeah, yeah. it's not like they drink blood and then 
magic happens. I mean, I guess. Who knows how real vampires work? Real vampires reach out to us, I yeah, guess. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, well, so if if our bodies are, like, what is it, 70% water or whatever, mm-hmm. is that, like, are vampires, like, 60% blood? <laughs> like, I guess so, yeah, because he's not drinking anything else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they'd have to, they, they retain moisture, so they'd have to have some water. Um, right. And I don't think they drink yeah. enough blood. So I don't know. I, so maybe they pee yeah. like once a week or something. <laughs> That's right. Gosh, yeah. They save it up for <laughs> one really great one. Ew. <laughs> like an awesome powers. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing like a little like hopping around thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch <laughs> it. You'll get burned. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Just wow, we've we've reached the top, everyone. We we figured it out. We nailed the vampire movie. We did. We, 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 we figured out P Gate. Yeah, we found we found the one vampire thing that has not been exploited yet. Yeah. Now uh, all we need to do is is uh, is tie this down into a contract, and we're off to the races, baby. Just hand us that nine hundred thousand right up front. Mm-hmm. Duran then buries Abner in the tribe's holy ground, but not before the corpse begins to spontaneously bleed through its burial shroud. That was kind. Of, yeah. I will say that was kind of creepy. I, I yes. that, that's yeah. what I liked. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty pretty uh, pretty good. Even before he starts bleeding, like just the visual of that being in that sheet and the mm-hmm. little eyes cut out is like mm-hmm. Payne tries to convince um, uh, Chi that a colony of vampire bats has arrived on the reservation. Um, and later he drives with headphones on and finds a dead sheep from the previous night, shoots at vultures. <laughs> just. <laughs> laying out shots like that's his and he's like i'm doing science bang 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 (laughs) did you guys notice how often they bring up the idea of pools in this movie you would have thought pools were the great villain of this film because they just oh go off to your house you know off the res that's full of pools yeah mercedes (laughs) and every driver well the when um hmm, in the beginning when duran Mm -hmm like shows up there's like oh where were you he's like i was cleaning pools and i was <laughs> like what well, it looks like you're the sheriff what it mean, didn't even realize i'm like oh he's being sarcastic that is like yeah. like oh like i'd be doing anything in your pool yeah there, there's a whole run on pools throughout all of this is very anti-pool for I mean, I, guess, I mean i guess that's the you know kind of the uh the benchmark of having made it and being like you know a, a bougie rich person is having a pool yeah <laughs> you're right um it's just that you got to find more than one thing they just keep going back to the pool well well they do is... they do say the mercedes thing twice because then yeah, he's yeah. like mercedes <laughs> every driveway and then like the very next scene um selwyn is trying to sell his daughter off to duran and he was like she doesn't even like mercedes <laughs> She doesn't listen to Miss. She doesn't even know who Mick Jagger is. <laughs> what? <laughs> what would happen if she did? I know. It's like, it's like, did you raise her in a basement? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, my ideal woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's never heard of this this rock star. Uh, okay. Good to know. Um, but into this movie wanders this. Uh, quartet of Christians that they're somehow going to milk for 
uh, money for the cl- medical clinic in town. But don't worry, we won't be plagued with them for very long. Um, oh, while glorious. while they're talking, one of them goes, quiet, listen, when no one's talking. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, the best scene in the movie happens oh. as bats just fucking attack. And you just have bats screaming at them for a full five minutes as they flail around and grab bats with their hands and not know what to do with them. Oh, it's someone, someone, fall, someone falls into a campfire somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, none, none, of them, none of them attempt none of them attempt to run. Yeah. Uh, no. Only only after like being like bitten and scratched and torn at for like three minutes straight do does any of them think to try to pull their sleeping bag over them. Right. right. And the one guy does and just lies on the ground, waits for about two minutes, and then is like, now's my chance, and immediately gets inundated with bats. He doesn't even keep <laughs> the, the sleeping bag over his head. He's just like, I gotta make a break for it, baby. And then abandons their wives. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like Catherine Harold makes it into the the uh the, the car with them and of course you know in classic horror movie fashion for whatever reason the car won't start right away yeah and and the wife i think one of the wives is already you know a charcoal briquette at that point right. yeah but no we're not concerned about her her husband isn't upset or you know she's dead to all of us like right. she knew the risks of bats right. when she came out here to the desert and, and the yeah. other one's wife is like pounding on the window begging to be let in and Catherine, you gotta let her in you gotta let her in and and i know i've said this already but the husband's like i can't they'll bite me oh God. dude they've already bitten you, you know? <laughs> you're already bun bitten and you have one down your you pants take a couple for the take a couple more to save your wife's your 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 your, your wife's life seriously yeah. Fucking um, it's it is really weird the the guy who won't let his wife into the van is played by donald houghton and if that name sounds familiar to you congratulations you're better at this than i am but the one place I I knew him from uh, was uh, from Brainstorm. He plays an asshole in Brainstorm. And then he's Doc Strader in One Dark Night, a real stay tuned for Kill by Kill. Uh, he's a, a Russian sort of a mystic who dies and then uh, awakens in his tomb to uh, hunt after high school uh, ladies well. They're pink ladies, basically, who have like a lady gang, and they and they send one girl into the mausoleum, and then they're gonna play uh, pranks on her. But then they're all, you know, going to get knocked off one by one by this Russian mystic who has lightning come out of his eyeballs. I don't remember that. I think I've seen it, but I, I'm shocked <laughs> that I'm not that I don't recall that. I have to, I, it, sh- it, I should see it, that it, at once. It is a real wild movie. It's directed by Tom McLaughlin, who directed uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. I I love how like when he when the car fight, he does not even swerve to avoid the wife. He just literally runs right over her. I yeah. think he's well, doing he, the best he can. He didn't know. I mean, it was just like because she's doing the best she can do. She's like, I'm gonna get <laughs> under the car. Maybe the bats won't be able to get me down there. But keep her, like, her exposed mm. legs out. So there's not there's. <laughs> Right. There's not a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm not a planner when bats are attacking me either. I guess is what it comes down to. Yeah, cut them some slack. I mean, this this, this panic mode. 
<laughs> I don't know the, how many great decisions I'm going to make with a bat down my pants. Well, too. you know what? Catherine knew something was up. <laughs> she got <laughs> she got in the she got in there real quick, and she even before she went in, she was she was going to check the weather. That's what she said. <laughs> That's right. But even then, she was like, "Ooh, that owl sounds spooky. The coyote sounds spooky. I'm gonna get inside of the vehicle." <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the only reason she survives. Um, the the other guy whose wife becomes a charcoal and charcoal briquette uh, is played by Charles Hallahan. You might know him from the Lethal Weapon series. And and um, and, and the thing, the thing, yeah, He's in the that's thing. right. Well, we never see what his fate is. I, I presume he died in the car crash. I assume yeah, he died in the car yeah, crash. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So uh, died Durand- of died of guilt. <laughs> I don't know. They did not seem to have any remorse. No, they they were like neither of them were like, "Oh my god, my wife" or anything. They're just like, "Go, go, go!" Just yeah, go, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Know. Wow, God answered my prayers. <laughs> uh, they they're all bubonic plagued up the wazoo. Uh, Catherine Harold goes out and and fishes for rattlesnakes and <laughs> bites on cacti and lives long enough to see another day and uh pain finds all of these abandoned women who have died because of their shitty christian husbands and dictates all of this information into a tape recorder the size of a hardback book (laughs) using a complex system of four incidents and two lines pain determines the central location of the bats it's right in the middle of the giant x that he makes oh my god it's just like vivica fox and idle hands i love the <laughs> i love the triangulation scene where they're just like well this happened here and this happened here so it just has to be right in the middle of everything yeah <laughs> it's the only answer it ju- it's just science Kay. that's how things work yeah um, yeah, Chi decides he's had a fuck enough of Duran and decides to send a bunch of choppers uh, out his way instead of full of inoculations that will save the people he's supposed to be in charge of just to capture one dude who wants to inoculate them. I actually had to watch that scene a couple times. I was like, what is going on? This escalated real fast. <laughs> yeah, it's out of nowhere. Well, that's what I talk about. They like, they, they, you know, they got it now rid to us. Like, oh, wait, we need, he needs an antagonist. Well, yeah. the bats are the antagonists. Right. right. Yeah. They're trying to make him a mayor Vaughn, and it doesn't really work. It just, it's a very first draft idea. They yeah. needed a couple more passes at this to make this work. <laughs> Gina, I have a question for you. Yes, Patrick. The question comes up from us talking about all those screen movies for so long and, and uh, a phenomenon that we like to call have you considered my penis from various scream ghostface killers i think the bigger question as we approach summer and how hot it's going to be outside for all of us and how uncomfortable that can be and how indelicately odors can begin to grow downstairs unless you've kind of groomed yourself is have you considered your balls? Gentlemen who are listening, if you're considering your own balls or the balls of someone you love, ladies or other men, uh, we ask, have you considered the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, which includes a uh, a trimmer for those more delicate areas, uh, as well as uh, wonderfully scented products to keep you fresh and delightful, even as... Uh, 
the weather gets hot and grody as it does both on the east coast and the west coast no thanks to climate change uh it's the it's the perfect product for uh teens for adults for mass serial killers you know, anybody who needs to uh you know feel a little fresh on those uh hot summer days it's a thing they don't really talk about which is underneath that giant black cloak of the ghost face costume like if things get hot down there and the last thing you want is to be uncomfortable while you're trying to kill a bunch of teens in revenge for Sydney Prescott's mom going out and finding a piece on the side. We still I mean, don't really understand this. I mean, you know that Sydney Prescott's mom, you know, would really, of all people, would really appreciate a, a clean and well-groomed genital area. I think we all do. Of course, the uh, performance package 4.0 from Manscaped comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. And believe you me, this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents with their advanced skin safe technology. It's waterproof. You can use it in the in your shower as opposed to on your bathroom floor and having to clean all that up. And my favorite part, I'll say it again, is that 400K LED spotlight so you can get a more precise shave and reduce nicks and cuts. I'm telling you, uh, I've used bad tools in the past and this is far and away the best one. Do not use that hunting knife that Ghostface has. That is frightening to me. If you get the Performance Package 4.0, it will come with two gifts. It will come with a shed travel bag, uh, which is probably just the perfect size to hide a hunting knife in. And the, uh, <laughs> and the Manscaped branded boxers, which uh, they're the boxer brief style. So you're yeah. loose, you're comfy, the boys are hanging free. Makes it a lot easier when you're running after, uh, running after someone in their house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not only that, you can wear that ghost face mask and say, oh, well, no one's going to see my ear and nose hair under here. But what happens when you are in your real identity? Well, my suggestion to you is to use the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. And not only is it rechargeable, it also features that advanced skin safe technology. So you're not going to have any nicks, snags, or tugs in your delicate ear and nose holes. That's the last thing you want. And of course, uh, you have the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. It's going to change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Your balls will thank you, even if uh, someone is throwing beer bottles at you when you're trying to murder them in a garage. And the best part is, uh, if you go to manscaped.com and enter the code KBK, you get a killer ha ha! Oh. gotcha. You'll get 20% <laughs> off and, and free shipping. Free shipping yes. in this economy? In Los Economia? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Come you, on. And, you, and it, you get the you get the entire thing. You get the bag. You get the the toner. You get the deodorant. You get the the trimmer. You get the nose hair trimmer. You know, for people of a certain age, our age, the nose mm -hmm. hair's getting out of control. You got to start doing something about it right now. What better time? If you think people don't notice, believe me, they do. It doesn't matter what age it starts cropping it up. And this is the best tools for the job. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code KBK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code KBK at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with the job. Manscaped. Oh. Now let's get back to that party. And uh, by the way, uh, Gina, 
I'll be right back. Oh, all right, the man. All right, the body count continues. There's a lot going on in this movie, but eventually, like at a certain point, they just have to get to a third act where they're like, "Let's kill the vampire bats." So, Payne finds Duran. Payne and Duran find Catherine Harold, and they're like, "We gotta do something about this." So they build an electric cage. Oh my gosh! And then <laughs> Duran holds a metal pole through the threaded through the electrified fence with a blood bag, so that Payne <laughs> can tag one of the bats through the metal fence. He's shooting through a metal fence. An electrified fence. Yeah. (laughs) But then the bats have torn the pieces of the fence apart and Duran's trying to hold them together. And then they finally, you know, hit the kill switch and a bunch of bats die. Well, the first, first the the bats chewed the wire. So when they, so (laughs) right when they um, go to turn it on, it doesn't turn on and the bats are getting inside. It's like, this is not thought oh <laughs> like, you know what when if a guy comes to town and says that his entire life is devoted to hunting these you know any animal like just you might want to look into them like <laughs> at this point i'm like he, this yeah, guy's check, check his actual his actual kill rate because it doesn't seem like it's very good <laughs> yeah it's like i don't well, know not everyone had google attached to their phone at the, in 1979 <laughs> it's the one thing if some guy comes up to you and says i'm basically a craven the hunter you're gonna like i mean he's got khakis so he must be right yeah, well i mean he's got like uh, everything to set up an electric an electrified shark cage essentially yeah. <laughs> yes and this this sort of shark cage sequence brings about one of the other main problems we we've kind of talked about it a little bit and that is the person who designed these bats carlo rambaldi um who we just talked about last week on patreon gina he designed king kong 1976 um, he also built the xenomorph. He did not design it, but he did build it. And of course, ET is another thing. The problem is these bats are too cute. They they're are. So oh, they're very cute. fuzzy, and they're very plump in the middle. They're like, uh, well, like furry uh, cantaloupes with wings. <laughs> well, and be with they got to show their teeth, so it kind of looks like they're smiling. <laughs> it's like, right. hey, like, how you doing? Yeah. Hi. We're just misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to take a little blood. Just a little nibble. Man, I got to (laughs) piss. Hope you don't bind this ammonia. It's full of love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, most people are like, oh, you're cute. Here, just take a little bit from my finger. That's okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, they could ration it out. They could come come up with a deal. You know, and they'd be like, all right, you know, like Little Shop of Horrors. Well, I guess that didn't end so well. I mean, I can only imagine Arthur Heller in a meeting in Columbia. He's like, you thought that Jaws shark cage was something? Wait till you see these three dorks goof around inside electrified vents that they didn't tie together too well. And they're going to shoot inside. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Hold on to a metal pole while we electrify it. Like, there's just a lack of planning here. And that continues into the grand finale in which Payne's like, I'm going to put some electrified fence over this big hole where all the bats live. But oopsie doodle, I stumble over and I 
hang myself by my own goddamn hand. And then meanwhile, Duran's like, I got to go on a peyote run and just starts ripping through this hallucinogenic route and <laughs> to the point where he throws up and tells Catherine Harold, hit the bricks. And she's like, to where? If we don't kill these bats, they're just going to kill me. So I'm fucking in for a penny, in for a pound. And he's all put off by this to the point where in the middle of him saving everyone, he shoves her to the fucking ground because he can't communicate. No, it's weird. <laughs> well, and and um, pain is like, all right, I'm going to scale down this like chimney or whatever, this opening. Right. And Duran's down there. It was yeah. like, he's just like, oh, hey. <laughs> so, wait, why did you tell me where the door was? <laughs> like, I was so confused. I mean, he, he must have got so high. He just like stumbled acro- across like a secret passageway. Yeah, I don't think he meant to fall and get hung by a rope. That just happens because of some sort of Buster Keaton happenstance. And then Duran's like, don't worry about it. You see that batch of soft sand over there in the middle of this cave system? Just swing over towards it and knife your way through that rope and you'll fall, you know, and it'll be fine. And he hits the ground. He's like, oh, every part of me is broken. <laughs> he's got that. He's, he's got my favorite effect. The, the mouthful of Twizzler juice coming out. Coming, coming out. Uh. Like, well, and he gets kissed by the bats, too. They kind of, yeah, like, yeah. nibble on his lips yeah. a little bit. Like, oh, you left some out for us. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one's right on the ground. We don't even yeah. have to chase it or anything. Catherine Harold's like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm here. This <laughs> asshole's been trailing us for days. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, Duran is having a phantom conversation with his uncle dad. And he's like, I know what to do. I'm going to hammer at this fucking cliffside and put a bunch of rocks around the painting and I'm going to close the circle. Then he dips his shirt in ammonia because we got to get the shirt off that guy because look at what he's packing. We just got to see it. I mean, and I'm he, not complaining. No, but also, wasn't. it's not just ammonia. It's piss. Right. <laughs> it's a big pool, like pond of piss. It's a big pool of flammable piss that the poison that's the only thing that can kill these bats has been dipped into. And so he's like, all right, I'll just put oil shale all around this painting, wring out my shirt, light it on fire, and that's going to solve all of our problems. But he doesn't say this to anybody. He just (laughs) starts pounding on a fucking wall with a hatchet. And when Catherine Harold's like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I got over the circle. <laughs> he, he, he's like, I got to close the circle and shoves her to the fucking ground. Now, they all live to tell this tale, but I really hope that she breaks up with him and meets a nice guy in Houston. <laughs> yeah, she really mm-hmm. Well, like, even from the very beginning, like, she's very into him and he's, you know, mildly fond of her. Yeah. <laughs> He enjoys a new girl in town is the yeah. way it kind of comes Yo, I kind of see it like she's getting her needs met. Like, I, th- you know, I think she was just kind of like, all right, this is my fuck boy. And like, right. it lasted as long as it could. So it's time yeah. to skip town and get. <laughs> and good for her. Going to move to Houston and hook up with J.R. Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, and then he lights a fire that will never go out and causes a massive ecological disaster. And it turns out that bats are very flammable. Um, and yeah, and that's he, it. We won. <laughs> and there is that one little de- denouement at the very end that says, some bats have been spotted in Arizona. Like, <laughs> like the audience is to read that and be like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck <laughs> me. There's bats in Arizona. Oh, They're God. Real? Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like, they are real. Ronald Reagan or this place is going to hell. <laughs> yeah, they are real. They're not going to hurt you. I know. Well, They're- like the, it's like the anti-shark propaganda that came after yeah. Jaws. It's like these poor bats. They got, they, they have it coming. Um, they're they're coming to get all of us. Uh, so that pretty much does it. But of course, flying into town is everyone's favorite uh, game show. It's choose your own death venture, and that's where we decide of the deaths that are almost entirely bat related uh, in this movie. If you were to die in one of those ways, which one would it be, and why? Up for bid, we have uh, bring forth the apocalypse, and then death by bat. Uh, roll into a campfire, die by bat. Get locked out of a van by her husband, die by van driven by husband. Or get bubonic plague in a pit in the ground. And that's it. <laughs> that's the sum total of, of deaths in this motion picture. Well, and um, a mystery death. Well, I guess he must have died of the plague. The, um, yeah. Uncle Abner? Well, he's definitely been attacked by bats. He has bat marks on his body. That's why. But I think the, I think the I, I think the weird bleeding thing was supposed to be a sign that he also had the plague. Nah. Sure. Okay. Why not? Well, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kay, you're our guest, and I choose you to go first. I think I gosh. I'd probably have to go with the priests that, that just died of regular old plague. <laughs> you got a good schwitz in the ground before you go, so you got that to look forward to. Yeah, I got to dig up this, like, asshole that we all hated. <laughs> get revenge on him, and then, oh, shit. <laughs> but you know what? Like, every, I don't want to be nibbled to death. That's, yeah. no. And I don't want to be, like, pissed on to death either (laughs) so i'm gonna have to go with plague yeah well you know you got the body for it why not show it off uh you know in in a nice underground uh you know uh, heat tunnel i'm sure the drugs are great so you got that going for you uh gina what say you well you know i make fun but but you know panicking and falling into a campfire would be very much something i could see myself doing so (laughs) I don't, I don't like that death, but I feel like that is the most me of the, yeah. of the deaths here, the most plausible for me. So I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, there's no way I can choose get locked out of a van by your husband and die by van driven by your husband. Because I don't think Becky would ever do either of those things to me. <laughs> I do believe that I would die by trying to cause an apocalypse. Like, <laughs> I have an art project. Oopsie. Apocalypse. That. 100% I can see me doing Do I want to die by bat bite? No, but I, I might fucking do it Because I'm just that dumb oh, and, 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 You know, someone will see your ghost And throw a punch <laughs> at it Which will look really funny right. I get to have plenty of ghost conversations Someone's like, I'm gonna fight you I'm high off my ass And I'm like, <laughs> I disappear <laughs> 
Yo, this man's gonna go down in history. Like he's gonna be he's a legend now. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Uh that just about does it. But uh Kay, where can people find out more about what you're doing and what you've got going on? Um, yeah, so I am getting ready to announce some dates for the next horror fest. Wonderful. Um, so doing a lot uh, behind the scenes there. And um, I'm working on a couple films as a producer um, that I'm really excited about. There's the mental health and horror documentary and uh, the new film from the Death Drop Gorgeous um, Boys. They're making a movie called St. Drogo. Mm. And, and um, also a new film from our jury winner last year, Alice Mal McKay, uh, who did SoFam. Mm. Um, she's got a new film. She's a 17-year-old trans filmmaker from Australia who's finished production on her second feature, which is going to be a queer slasher film called Bad Girl Boogie. Ooh. So I'm very excited about all that. And um, you can follow along to see some updates and uh, whatnot. I'm on Twitter at Video Coven. And Salem Horror Fest is you know, on all platforms. Just search for Salem Horror Fest. Excellent. Do it today. Uh, I, I think the stuff that you do is fantastic. And I'm glad that so much of it is taking off and getting off the ground and giving voice to all these new fantastic filmmakers. Uh, I think that's an incredible legacy to leave, and uh, you're great at it. Thank you. I mean, it's, you know, as I, I could end the world, and I might. <laughs> but I, I'll start here. I'll start with this. You know, all you need to do is produce a film that brings about a plague of vampire bats, and then it's, we're all done for. And frankly, not a minute sooner, too, Not a minute too soon. Not a minute too soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gina, well, where can people find you on these here internet? <laughs> well, I'm not doing anything nearly as exciting as Kay, but I write about movies and television at thespool.net. And if anybody wants to follow along with my everyday bullshit, I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. All of our artwork is done by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. And of course, our theme music done by Revenge Body. Go to bandcamp.com revenge bonnie for our main theme and all of the remixes and all the great stuff that revenge body is doing you can find us on twitter and the socials just seek out kill by kill and of course our patreon where we got great stuff going on we, as we talked about uh king kong uh happened here in the middle of the month and of course at the end we're going to have our halloween h2o film commentary uh so two great things for you to get on board with uh, please rate and review us wherever on any podcatcher you got that allows you to review us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, that does it. Uh, but don't worry, folks. Animal Attacks April will continue with one more movie. Uh, the next one for to round out the month uh, for myself and for Gina and for Kay. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.